Chapter 26. And they say restlessness is a bad thing. Can't you just open a door in the wall? Pow asked when she'd gotten sick of Ondina's whimpering and her own spiraling, hopeless thoughts. You were walking around like you owned the place like an hour ago, or was that all just an attempt to impress me? You're an idiot, Ondina said, but the insult carried less weight in her. I've been crying, voice, and she seemed to know it. I can't open a room she's sealed, not without sending us somewhere even worse. So you're not the mighty overlord of this creepy place? Ondina just glared. I just want to hear you say it once. I'm not in control. If you don't shut up, I'll punch you. Are you sure you have the authority to do that? Bruto licked Pau's hand, which she figured was his version of giving her a high five. But before Pau could scratch his ears, Ondina lunged at her, tackling her to the ground. This is all your fault, she said as they rolled over and over on the slick glass floor, slapping and elbowing and pummeling each other in a good old-fashioned playground brawl. Bruto circled and barked in a vain attempt to get them to stop fighting. Ondina grabbed one of Pau's braids, but Pau got a fistful of Ondina's long curls right at the nape of her neck. Ow! Serves you right, coward! Pau screeched, unwilling to admit Ondina's grip on her braid hurt even though her eyes were watering. Oh, I'm the coward? Pau rolled over again, pulling Ondina with her until she finally let go of the braid. Both girls sat up, panting and disheveled. Pau's face flushed. Ondina's remained pale. Yes, Ondina said. You're the coward. I'm not seeing your logic, Pau said between winces as she blotted at her bloody lip with the collar of her t-shirt. You're the one taking orders from some disembodied voice. Do you even want to be a junior overlord? Why don't you just leave? Ondina shot her a withering glare. You have no idea what you're talking about. Well, tell me then, Pau said, a plan starting to form like crystals in the bottom of a beaker, absorbing all her fear for the moment. I can't, Ondina said, but she was staring off into space like something horrible was barreling toward her. Pau knew that feeling. She could work with it. Why not, she asked, trying to sound casual. I mean, if you and disembodied boss lady have your way, I'll be dead soon anyway. Or some horrible soul of school. Might as well get it off your chest. I don't need to confess to you, Ondina snapped. I'm not troubled. I'm just acclimating. To what? You're relentless. Has anyone ever told you that? Has anyone ever told you that? Pau was just firing back, bantering, hoping to get the girl's guard down but the words seemed to have more of an effect on Ondina than she'd expected. The other girl deflated, her eyes dropping to her shoes. What? Pau asked. Being relentless isn't so bad. It's not that, Ondina said, and then her eyes snapped to Pau's. Stop trying to get me to talk to you. We're stuck in this room together. That doesn't mean we have to braid each other's hair. Fine, Pau said. I suck at braiding anyway. My mom always does mine. And for what it's worth, whatever your boss has, has on you isn't worth all this. You don't seem like that evil a person. A little annoying and definitely completely narcissistic, but not evil. Undina narrowed her eyes, but the expression was half-hearted. You could just get out of here and help me in the process, Pau said, knowing she was overplaying her hand, but she was running out of time. She could feel it. The glass all around them was getting darker, and the blood from Pau's lips sat on top of the floor. It wasn't draining her anymore. Instead, it was saving her for later, like leftover pizza. But for what? Or worse, whom? I can't get out of here, Ondina said. There is no me out of here, at least not yet. So that's what she promised you, Pau asked, to turn you from a whatever you are into a real girl? Pau still hadn't figured out what Ondina was exactly. 
All she knew was that she packed a mean punch. How do you even know she can do what she says? Because she's done it before, Undina said, her mouth set, her eyes still fixed on the shiny patent leather of her shoes. So, do I have something to do with this magical girl-making ritual? Pow asked, cold dread creeping in around her like in her plan like a fog. Undina's stony, stony silence said it all. And you think once she does whatever she's whatever thing she's gonna do, she'll let you walk out of here and live your life? Pow asked, no more lecturing you about failure or dragging you through the walls or locking you in rooms you can't get out of. You don't know her, Undina said, but suddenly she didn't look so sure. I don't, Pow admitted, but I've been wandering around this place long enough to get the gist. Do what you want with me and my friends. I can't stop you, but don't be disappointed when things don't change. I've read enough books to know that evil overlords don't just give up their minions. I'm not her minion. Oh, definitely not, Pow said, running weird dream errands to lure people into her lair, shuttling said people around the palace, checking on her demon pets. Doesn't sound like a minion be doesn't sound like minion behavior at all. It's not minion behavior. It's wait, let me guess. She's a benevolent overlord, and you're doing all this because you love her. But not in a cliched brainwashed kind of way. Andina was getting angry. Pau could tell by the way her fingernails pressed into her palms. And anger could be useful, as Pau knew better than anyone. She just kept going. Just so you know, that's what every single overlord says to their men. She's my mother, you half-wit, Andina said, the words exploding out of her. She's my mother, okay? I'm not her minion, I'm her daughter. Pau whistled long and low. Ghost princess of the spooky underwater palace? No wonder you're such a brat. I'm not... You know what? You think... Think what you want about me. My mother made a, made a promise to me, and I made one to her. We've been waiting a long time for this moment, and I'm not going to let you or your incessant questions mess it up for me. But Pau barely heard her, because the mush at the bottom of her beaker was crystallizing again. Marissa had dismissed Pau's theory about who the general was. Of course, starry-eyed Marissa would take Franco's word over a tourist. And Pau, limited by her own closed-mindedness and embarrassment, hadn't pushed it, but she should have. Because there is no one stronger or more resourceful or more ruthless than a mother who believes her children are in danger. No matter who she is or what she herself has done. Franco had underestimated the thin, ragged, wailing spirit who'd held the world in thrall for generations. He'd believed himself stronger, thought he could dispatch the ghost of a mother and laugh about her afterward. Pow knew that mothers don't go down easy. They wait, build up their strength. They never give up. Franco, you foolish, arrogant boy, Pau said, not realizing she'd spoken aloud until Ondina's gaze snapped to her face. What did you say? Nothing. Whatever you're thinking, just spit it out, okay? Ondina snapped, her smooth, sarcastic exterior gone, her nerves exposed. The mumbling mad scientist routine is getting old. Pau looked at Ondina, who met her gaze unflinchingly. La Llorona, Pau tried to keep her voice even, and watched Ondina's face for a reaction, for proof she wasn't wrong. That's who stuck us in here. Your mother is La Llorona. Ondina didn't deny it, and in Pau's bloodstream, dread battled with the thrill of discovery. But that means, Pau said, peering closer at Ondina, at her old-fashioned clothes, at the weariness around her eyes. That means she's not just trying to bring you back to life. It means... It means... It means she killed me, Ondina said, her voice as dry as a cactus spine. Yes, she killed us all.